coming up on the interstellar audio podcast we went to this like fancy steakhouse for dinner just to like treat ourselves it was like before we had kids or whatever it was like it, we, it was big for us it was like a special occasion and the guy comes over and he's like do you want a drink and i was like oh, i might treat myself to a glass of wine and he's like what wine do you want and i'm like can i see the wine list and he's like no nah, there isn't a wine list and i'm like uh shit okay this is gonna be expensive anyway we get the bill the steak was 78 euros and the one glass of wine was 29 euros <laughs> <laughs> and bearing in mind we'd flown over there on EasyJet for like £14 and stayed in at Ibis budget for like 20 quid. Welcome back to the Interstellar Audio Podcast, episode five. This time around, I'm joined by the team. We got 12-step audio and we got man like Zanti. Big up you guys. Zanti has come in clutch and set this stream up this way and we are streaming live on TikTok for the very first time with the IA podcast. So if you're watching this on YouTube another time or you're listening back to this on any of the podcast apps, know from future reference, follow us on TikTok and you will be able to join in live on the chat. Big up to all the early crew that are inside on the chat right now. Get involved. We'll be interacting with your comments. It's great to have you here and thank you for your patience while we work through the gremlins. We don't necessarily have much of a plan this month. We <laughs> we opened the last episode of this podcast by saying we were committing to do monthly shows and we failed in the very second month. So here we are in month three with the podcast, but I'm glad to say we're here. So anyway, that's enough of me talking shit. Um, big up you boys over there. I hope you're good. Tell me what's good. All good, man. All good. Um, do you know what? For, for like the first time in a while, I've not really got a lot going on at the moment, which is obviously great for, you know, the podcast. But we was doing a live the other night and usually, you know, I get to the end of the lives and I'm like, right, I'm going to promote this, that, the other. And I'm like, okay, so I've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's all a little bit quiet at the minute. I've just been kind of keeping my head down, making tunes and stuff at the minute. So I've got, I've got a lot of stuff coming. But yeah, there's not a lot, not a lot like going on at the minute. New new liquid chill episode, obviously. That's uh, that's in the works. That's um, that's gonna be nice. That'll probably be out by the time this is out. <laughs> it will be, yeah, man. Yeah, it will be. So yeah, go check out Liquid Chill. Um, but yeah, who's man. the guest? Can you say who the guest is this month? Um, yeah, Ugh, I can't at the minute. Can't okay, the minute. cool. That's fine. Uh, Keep yeah, it under wraps. Can't at the minute. Yeah. Right, what about you, Zanti man? What's going on for you, bro? Busy for me, actually, eh? Um, um, so, like, I feel like a, we could talk about this. So, sounds like an Oakuni gig is going to be on. I, let's call it now. I've got confidence it's going to happen. So, absolutely, me too. Yeah. The uh, the home of the large orange in Aotearoa, New Zealand, is the small town of Oakuni, uh, which, for people that don't know NZ too well, it's um, it's a bit of a ski town. So small town, but then people come in, um, you know, in pretty heavy numbers. There's some good festivals that run in Oakuni. So interstellar audio event, I'm thinking July, August next year. Uh, so the winter season. Uh, there are not many places in Oakuni. You you're in the on the mountain, you want to party. Um and so come and do it at the Interstellar event in uh It's a ski resort, right? It's a, it's yeah, well, um is there a, a, a resort? probably <laughs> but um where we're looking at kicking off is a place called the powder keg powder keg is one of the big sort of accommodation venues um and it's also got you know bar attached so 
Chikarelli and Tali hosted their Liquid Snowdown, which is a beautiful pun of the Liquid Lowdown. Um, we're going to do the same thing, essentially. You know, probably one, one and a half hour sets. Um, working with the local DJ school um, with uh, Miss 33, probably headlining the event. Um, she's, you know, local, local DMB. DJ, she's very good. She's got lots of connections in Oakuni. It's well respected, um, and I think she can do a good job of bringing some of the the IA sound to the mountains, or, or like not the mountains, but the the area below the mountains. Yeah, yeah, the resort we got. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty excited to to have an event under my belt, um, but I want to do it do it well, you know. Um, and not rushed so yeah it feels like a long way away and it is a long way away but um gives us lots of time to to prepare to promote um i my work colleague he he lives in Oakuni, so he's going to be on poster duty i think and we're just gonna we're gonna rinse yeah. we're gonna rinse the shit out of the promo locally i think that's how we're going to get people through the door posters 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 you know there's like no point you know rinsing it too much on social media because if you're if you're in Oakuni, you'd be like oh what am i doing tonight i'm going to the interstellar event that's what i'm doing yeah it's, it is a, it is a it is a balance man it's like the last couple of events we did we did one that was purely social media promotion and it did all right it did all right you know but then we did the last one with with that mixture of some social media but mainly kind of offline posters and i still don't think you can you can really beat that offline promotion because i think it almost adds like another visual element to it you know something people can touch and feel and it's something people will see when they're maybe not looking for it you know you know what i mean um and we definitely noticed the difference uh, i mean it's a quite it's a different event in some senses but i think we definitely noticed the difference with the with the offline promo as well i think it gets overlooked a, a little bit these days because social media is so so prevalent um but i, I still don't think there's I still don't think you can replace the offline promo, and I think that's a good that's a, that's a good strategy. Definitely focus on that. Well, I can tell you one thing though. I'll be sorry, Ben. I'll definitely be shouting about it on socials because the fact that you're going to go and do an event in New Zealand under the IA brand—that's mad. Huge props, bro. Huge we, we, props. We global. Do you know what, man? Just just to, to take a moment on that. I, I remember so when you like first kind of came up with the idea for Interstellar and, and like first started talking to me about it. And if you'd have kind of said it that point, yeah, we're, we're going to have an event popping off in New Zealand, you know, like, uh, it's ridiculous. I didn't even know Ben at that time, so huge yeah, thanks, it, Ben. It, it, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. What were you going to say, Ben? Um, what was I going to say? Ah, design. I reckon um, a key thing is smashing the poster design. Something really, really good. Uh, maybe something kind of ski, snow related i don't know if we can we can put a cool pun in there the liquid snow down that was a nice pun um yeah it was good wasn't you it? know snowing into into outer space i don't know <laughs> we know how good we are at uh at uh bike shedding these ideas Dad but... puns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's important man it's important that that visual element is very very important um i mean we did it with with, with the last event um with some of the social posts as well, you know, we, we kind of we kind of came up with the theme for that and pushed that through um, on 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 each post, and and that was well received. I got a lot of comments on. I uh, kind of I really like the visuals to it, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it does help to pique people's interest. I think. Yeah. 
yeah, it's good to have like a visual identity for the event and definitely to lean into mm. the environment of the event. Like the garden party one worked because we were trying to make it, you know, like like the outside garden, take advantage of the space that was there. And if you yeah. do the same with the snow theme, the the resort, then that would be cool as well, man. What about yourself, so what you got what you what you got going on, man? What you got going on? Bro, you know what I'm about, man. I need another five clones. Um, <laughs> life is hectic. Luckily work's been pretty chill for the last maybe three weeks. Um, but that's changing. I've just picked up a big new project. And so IA, IA has been very busy. We've got the biggest the biggest project we've done in terms of releases ever. Um, we're picking up our charity various artists compilation which is coming out in sort of early or mid-november so i've been coordinating that and that's been a wicked experience been networking with some absolutely incredible people and like the whole thing about this was about wanting to work with incredible people right so it's been cool um just going through the mastering now and we've got an incredible artist on on the artwork for us as well so um you know who you are um, big up to you big up big up speak up speak more on that another time but then yeah alongside that obviously we've got um i say a, a standard release like not to shit on it at all of course we've got subrix coming up oh, september 28th so start seeing promo for that this week be mine is probably probably one of my favorite tracks that we've released man. It's a really that's good a tune, great so. tune man that is a great tune really good tune and it, it kind of ticks a lot of boxes i think for our sound as well it nails that sound, doesn't it? It's like right. It's got. It's, it's aggressive enough while still being soulful enough. It's it's really good and it's different as well. It's like it's interesting. Um, but as we've got going on, I've got Senchai on Intercellar, which is tomorrow as we're recording this. So that'll be YouTube premiere at eight thirty. It's great to work with Christian. Such a nice guy. I've been fucking loving his music. So um, it's great to get him on, which is cool. And we've got a few other bits that I'll probably remember and talk about in a little while. But yeah, there's some secret projects going on as well that I don't want to talk about, but they take up a huge amount of time. And as soon as I can talk about them, you know, I'll be shouting about them because I'm all about the promo. So um, yeah, let's just do it. Let's just check in on the chat for a second, right? Big up all the crew that are inside, right? Big up Brush Licker. Hope you're good, my friend. Uh, I didn't I didn't do my NPC response to the cowboy hat. I apologize. I was not looking. Uh, the trifecta of base face. I appreciate that. Spinal inside. Big up Lightbringer. Vibe. Katie. Moon. Who else is inside? I'll tell you what. We've just got to quickly big up Brush Licker, the newest member of the Aya Discord. Big Don't forget up. to join that. So I just want to actually going to take a minute to shout out Brush Licker, right? Stumbled across Brush Licker because Vibe said to me, yo, this guy's playing uh, the Foundation podcast in the back of his stream. So I'm hopping in there straight away. And so, yeah, Brush Licker paints miniatures, like Warhammer stuff, right? Super technical hobby. Um, but more importantly than that, Brush is just a, an absolute gent. And uh, the community that he's got around him as well is just full of great people. It's a really nice place to hang out. Like, whether you're, whether you're interested in miniature painting or not, um, it's a cool place to hang out. So big up to Brush Licker. Check out his streams. He streams, like, most mornings and some evenings. So... Man's trying to make his his hobby his full time career, and I've got nothing but respect for that. So, I'll tell you, what, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one funny story with, with Brushlicker. Obviously, you know me and Cookie do our our Friday night thing. Uh, we can shoot, we can shoot. You know, one or two drinks during the during the Friday night thing. <laughs> um, you know, I don't live up to the twelve step name on that front. Um, so Brushlicker joins the live, and I'm 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 trying to read the name, and uh, you know, I, I miss the R, man. I miss the R. 
and that, that very much changes that name. So, so that was kind of Brushlicker's introduction to us. <laughs> that was like, you know, that's a very memorable introduction to us. I yeah, guess it's a good so. name. You've got a thing for mispronouncing people's names. Totally, man. Totally, totally. I say it how I see it. So, sorry about that one, Brushlicker. Oh, I missed a couple of people in the roll call. Sorry. Big up, big up, J- JJ. Uh, big up, TRM. Big up, Caroline as well. And Serenity, I see inside as well. Big up. Sorry, just needed to get that get that squared away. Carry on, carry on. Um, they've got a big up the Patreon crew, right? As well. Yeah, of course, man. All the Patreon subscribers and the TikTok subscribers make this shit possible. So, uh, well, until we can get sponsored by Den and DJ or someone similarly qualified, uh, we rely massively on the support of people that that buy tunes and support us on platforms like patreon so um like big up katie obviously moon arthritic um who else have we got on there Uh, mo pyro maybe one more no that's it i think we're good so big up you guys thank you it's appreciated big up if you want to get stuff on the patreon you can get our tunes on the patreon a week early for free if you pay for the patreon and a bunch of other free stuff too early access to stuff (laughs) (laughs) that's a stellar promo man that's a stellar promo how much is it how much a month uh there's different levels but starts at three quid a month can't complain about that can you even in like you know these these tough times three quid a month are very reasonable very reasonable and it helps big time as well like big shouts to zanti man he spent money on today's stream so um thank you for that bro i'll get you back one day i promise but for now (laughs) we, we are where we are is there access to t-shirts? Caroline, Caroline, listen, DM me. I'll sort you a t-shirt. Anyways, Zanti, go. So, so many of these platforms that we use, you know, they have free tiers, but the free tier is just mm. annoying enough they want you to spend money, you know? <laughs> they they <laughs> know. They, do it, isn't they it? sit in this it. room yeah. and go, you know, what is the, what's the one feature they really want, like 1080p video or more than 30 minute or no watermark or something? It's like they, they got you by the... You know what I mean? Yeah. Every single one of them. Zoom's limit's 40 minutes if you don't pay. Podcastle does only 720p video if you don't pay. Like, oh, come on, guys. I was I was testing the technology last night, you know, got the music going through. We're using Riverside. And it just, I don't know if anyone has ever tried to route music through a te- Microsoft Teams call before, but it just sounds so <laughs> bad. It's, it sounds like it's you know running through water it's you know 10 kilobit bit rate you yeah. know it's just this is not going to work so you know it's always a bit of a juggling act or technology eh? but you know you land on something that works and just iterate through and, and make it better yeah i feel like that's what the sort of ia ethos is all about right find something that's just good enough that you can get it done um through all the struggle porn that we have to go through but then if it works just build on it gradually and gradually until you get to the sort of vision that you had we're still on that road we haven't achieved that road yet but we're, we're yeah, on. Thing, man. i think i think you can you know especially these days i think you know with technology we've got available that kind of thing you can you can do it we can almost do a lot with a little sometimes you know um and, and i think uh, that some of the work that, that we produce is, is is good very polished you know what i mean um but it does take a lot of work in the background to get that sometimes. Okay. So, we got um, uh, TRM and uh, brush <laughs> like a, <laughs> to really struggle. Big up for the cake <laughs> on the on the gifts. Careful on that one. Careful on that. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna move the conversation to um, to events. There's some big, big, big events coming up. Um, starting off, 
23rd of September. I'm going to this one. Um, the big ass uh, worried about Henry and Metropolis at, uh, at Warehouse Projects in Manchester. And do you know what? I'm just looking at the lineup now and jeez, man, there's like everybody who is everybody in drum and bass on there. You've got Dillinger back to back with Hype, Clips, uh, Storm back to back with Fly. Oh, man, there's so many amazing artists on this one. Nicky Blackmarker, uh, Jim Levy, um, Degs, Degs, I think Degs is in a DJ set and uh, and on MC duties as well. It's just, it's going to be crazy, man. It's going to be crazy. So this is the second time I'll have actually been to Wales Projects. Um, and it's it's such a mental venue, man. It's such a mm. mental space. Um, There's a few going to be a few area heads there as well. I think Jimbo's going as well as you. So if any family are going, get a link up through the Discord or something. Yeah. The event side, the um, thing I'm excited about at the moment is uh, High Tide. It's a festival in here in Wellington. Mm. They're running it in. A, Who's um, on the lineup, Santi? And we got, we got uh, our mate Will Keen, Kino on the uh, on the lineup. So he's he's the name that I'm going for. Let's be honest. Eh? <laughs> uh, but there are some, you know, such um, a great guy. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, very guest, uh, guest to see him live finally. Um, that's going to be pretty cool. This setup, high tide. It's an audiology run event, but it's uh, it's in a park in Lower Hut here in Wellington. But it's it backs on to the the sea, so the backdrop like it's a park that runs a lot. It's going to be it's going to be lush as uh, nice. very excited. Did they do it last year as well? I, yeah, I think it's it's been um, yeah a multi year thing um, for sure. And Ben, wait a minute though, Ben, you've got a gig coming up, haven't you, man? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't not talk about that. <laughs> I was just going to shout this out as well, yeah, man. What's this, the workroom work gig? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, big up, big up. <laughs> so, um, you know, thanks to, to Anna, Miss 33, uh, from DJ School, who I was talking about before, we were put on the Interstellar um, lineup. You know, it goes around, comes around, you know, um, networking is key in this game. Um, so, so Anna's going to be away overseas, so she put my name forward to do a 30-minute set at a 360 boiler room style uh, event, end of October. Um, I think at this stage I'm about second on the lineup, mostly because I said I'd play Liquid, and so I thought, well, we'll put the Liquid guy <laughs> early on. That's cool. That's <laughs> Honestly, I sort of I, I, I want to do like a Liquid slash minimal set. I want to show that I can you know, kind of start the vibe off. I, I want to, you know, demonstrate my, my skills in that area, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for it. It's going to be live streamed, um, and I have no details about how the live stream will work. I don't even know what platform it's on, but um, when when uh, we were sort of signing up to, to do the event, um, you know, I was warned, like, are you comfortable being live streamed? Well, yeah. <laughs> you you yeah. still have TikTok. But, um, am I? Yeah. Next question. Am I? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm less comfortable with the boiler room style. Someone's going to knock the decks or, you know, drop the beer over the decks or whatever, but at least it's not my decks, let's be honest. I was just saying that you watch these, these boiler room sets. I mean, you know, the first one you think of, I guess, the DMBL style ones, which are ridiculous you know but it just it always seems so intense man and i'm like i've never played in that type of setup and i'm like 
would I like it? I'm like, there's part of me that thinks, yeah, yeah, you know, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be amazing. But then, like you say, there's the other thing, oh, hang on. Or somebody knocks the decks, whatever dream you, you think of all these eventualities in your head, don't you? Not to, like, you know, fill your head with that, Ben, but... But, yeah, but this is what I was going to say. You don't need to worry about that. Like, as the DJ, it's not your event, right? So don't worry about the live stream. Don't worry about the de- the, the decks, the security. You just turn up, you smash the shit out of it, and then you get and go and party, man. My sort of overall philosophy for this one is going to be like you know liquidy sort of melodicy kind of but i do want to either end or build up to at least one or maybe two like minimal quite dark tracks you know just to kind of show like i haven't come in just soft and fluffy um but just yeah i need to find the right track um but and there are a lot of them it's, it's it's to be honest, man. It's it's be mine by Subrix. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those, those early sets, man, are, are are important. I think I think they get overlooked sometimes because having that um, almost that duty of setting the vibe, you know, for um, for the night. I I like doing those early sets. You get to kind of set the tone. Set, I like, like a, as well. A, yeah, you set you, you kind of get to set the platform for the other artists to then jump off of and. Um, and, and definitely, you know, kind of taking that turn into the more kind of deeper, darker stuff at the end of a, of a, of, of, you know, kind of a liquid set I always find works well. Um, mm-hmm. so this is a good approach, man. It sounds like you've got a good approach there. Just going to shout some of this out. Like Katie Louise says, sounds awesome. Ben, Caroline says, sound awesome. Rave Monkey says, think I'd love to do that. Moon saying, brilliant. Like people are gassed for you, man. Big up. Big up, big up. Appreciate support as always, yeah. While we're on the topic of IA family events as well, um, Vibe, I don't know if he can announce his his upcoming thing yet, but I'm going to anyway. October 28th, Bass Blasted in um, Sveish or Lund or somewhere in Sweden anyway. Mr. Vibe's going to be smashing his signature style on the decks there. And I think it's only like 60 kroner as well to get in, which is a bargain. So if anybody tunes into this in Sweden, head down to Bass Blasted on the 28th of October. And then one more TB and TBA thing to be announced: twenty eighth of October, um, Halloween Bolton. I know everyone was expecting me to say Hull, but there's some there's some behind the scenes stuff going on in, in Hull that we're not quite sure what's going to happen yet. Hull might happen. Hull might not. Might might not happen. Mm. But it does look like we're going to be um, taking over room two for a big event over at Element Fifty One in Bolton on October the twenty eighth. So I'm uh, going to have a, a big lineup of Interstellar Audio producers on that one, and also some local talent as well. We, um, we've got some wicked female producers on that lineup, some wicked local local DJs on that lineup, and then IAs as well. So. Uh, big sound system we're going to be working with collision sound system so it's going to sound fat as fuck in there which is wicked um so yeah hopefully see you there more to come on the socials in a bit and just one last one one last one honorable mention shot you down it's gonna be oh of course literal castle i mean literal castle it's a stuffed dream big up shot you down mate He's got himself in with a good crew, right? Big up to the Nightflex crew, Burglar K and all those other guys. Um, we tuned in to Shot You Down on Hungarian radio the other week and he absolutely laid it down. And then he got let down by the tech like the rest of us do. It's fucking 45 minutes into a set and the studio just shut itself and the stream disabled and they lost all the recordings. So there's no rec- there's no clips and no recordings of it. But we were tuned into the set live and it was dope. Um, but yeah, Sid is playing 
literally in the grounds of a castle and it's on a lake i've been there um and it's it's honestly the most fairy tale place i n- never thought about playing there but it's absolutely a circle quality place uh, f- fun, funny story about when i went there this is off topic but whatever we went to uh, i'm not flash and i'm not ex- not rich we went to this like fancy steakhouse for dinner just to like treat ourselves it was like before we had kids or whatever it was like it, we, it was big for us it was like a special occasion and this place was gorgeous it was on the lake and like it was a glass box on the second floor and we we're eating this really expensive steak and whatever and the guy comes over and he's like do you want a drink and i was like oh, i might treat myself to a glass of wine and he's like what wine do you want and i'm like can i see the wine list and he's like no nah, there isn't a wine list and i'm like uh shit okay this is gonna be expensive uh he's like you tell me what you want i'm like well okay have you got any tremina or anything like that and he's like yeah cool so i have this glass of wine and i'm like this is going to be expensive in it so i better just have one glass and not worry about it anyway we get the bill the steak was 78 euros and the one glass of wine was 29 euros (laughs) 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 and bearing in mind we'd flown over there on ejjet for like 14 pound and stayed in an ibis budget for like 20 quid the wine (laughs) is literally more expensive than the plate and accommodation the whole trip costs less than the wine man that's why there's no wine list (laughs) and i knew it as well because like at the time i worked in the trade as well i'd only just stopped working in hospitality so i knew the look on his face was like oh i'm about to get penetrated it's one of you know what it's one of those isn't it though especially with like when you're aware you're treating yourself like you kind of just like ah fuck it yeah have to it's that holiday mentality isn't it do you do you mind if I sort of promo the uh, DJ school a little bit? Um, of course, man. Promo whatever right? you want, especially in fact, the yeah. in fact, DJ school. Like, yeah. like, kind of let's let's do it as a little. How did how did you get involved with it, man? I guess. Yeah. Um, how did I get involved? So, um, I honestly, that's a. <laughs> I can't remember. I, I I knew I knew Shan existed. You know, like any local music scene, you start. To, see the same names pop up um i think like dkev he um he went to shan's dj school he went through that process so um maybe i knew of him because of him i'm not sure can't remember but anyway i reached out to shan and said look can i is there anything i can do just to help around you know i just want to be around people in the local scene here um my skills are in the tech side it stuff um you know, I, I like DJing drum and bass. I have zero production skills. Um, I enjoy other music, but really I'm, I'm just here because I want to, I just want to play drum and bass. Um, and, and yeah, we sort of, um, kind of thought about, you know, how might I be useful, you know, and, um, where we landed as a little bit of a trial, uh, was Shan, um, had this event for Matariki, which is the, the Māori new, new Year here in New Zealand. So it's a big celebration on the Wellington waterfront. You know, thousands of people in Wellington roll through. Um, and Shan, through his, his many connections and networking, got this sick um, caravan set up. Um, he had a bunch of students from DJ school come and spin some tunes very loud on uh, the Wellington waterfront. Honestly, it was a vibe. It was sick, man. It was sick. I was tuned into the lives. So there was fucking hundreds yeah, of people there. Yeah, there was bare people there, man. The first, the the main sort of Saturday, which is the you know the actual New Year Day, or, or no, sorry, Friday, because it's a public holiday. People like stuff that. So I'm I'm going to the waterfront. There were thousands of people there. It was crazy. It felt like a rave, you know. Um, so yeah, my my job was was streaming, was recording, um, and just general like 
um, kind of helping around the tech side of things. Um, and, you know, it's four days sort of every evening. And I think kind of on the back of that, I just showed, you know, I can be reliable. I can do stuff that, you know, maybe Shan doesn't have the tech skills to do and he could just offload it to me. You know, I found that good balance of how do you be a, a sideline player, not get in the way of the show, but add some value, you know, somewhere. Um, and we had people roll in the street. People recognize Shan, to be honest. Like, you, you're scrolling through the chat. And it's like, oh, Shan's on my TikTok. What's going on? Because, you know, he's quite a well-known a well-known person. Um, it's been around a long time. So um, on the back of that, um, we just do more more sort of live streaming stuff, more more just, um, you know, anything, any time there's sort of tech stuff that might help promo the school. Um you know, but also now just getting to know some of the other people involved with the school, like Anna, um, and sort of together we, you know, chat about as we've seen, like she's put me forward for a gig. You know, if we, we're spinning up this IA Oakuni event, you know, we'll put her on it. So it's just building those uh, relationships with people that you start to know and trust. Um, and, you know, this, the DJ school is just a good place to to start that from um because you know if you if you're the kind of person that that wants to share that wants to teach that is interested in the the uplifting and the the creating sort of opportunities for people to play out especially you know teenagers and things like that you're probably the kind of person that's a decent you know person you know um you, you're there to share so um yeah, it's a nice place to start making those connections. Um, so the promo side is, um, I I said to Shan, let's let's try some live streams on TikTok. You know, it's a platform that I know, and it's a platform that we know that if you if you can get events underway, you can pop up on people's for you page that otherwise you know otherwise wouldn't see you streaming. Um, and so I took over his TikTok account. And I spent a couple of weeks just building up followers, you know, doing just, um, you know, follow other people, post all the stuff until we got to that, that point where you can start streaming. So now we're at the point we're just trying to get some, some genuine interest in the DJ school, like get it's some genuine followers. So we, we go live a couple of times trying to do it at least a weekly at the school. Um, but, you know, really appreciate anyone that has the time to, to log in for you, share around. Um, it's it's a little bit of a different setup streaming in the school. Like it's this sort of kind of big upstairs area. Um, the DJ is not really in a position to jump on the mic and chat too much. So what I'm thinking is more, it's a bit of a group initiative. You know, you've got the DJ spinning their tunes, doing their thing, and then uh, maybe one or two other people in this, you know, hanging about might might chat to you in the chat. So, um, big up anyone that sort of joined um, some of the previous ones. I've been a little bit rough, and it's been maybe a bit less engaging because it's just music, you know. But um, the goal is to be more than just music. Be engaging. Get to know. Get to know Shan. I've chatted to him and said, you know is this what you want to do like jump in the chat talk to people talk about the school talk about what you're doing um and then on the back of that you know people might be interested in learning to dj because he's he has like a good stream of inquiries come in like people people want to learn to dj and he's a he's a really good person to teach them but yeah big up um so uh if you if you don't follow the account already just uh, search for aotearoa djs um, and it should pop up. It's a kind of got a pinky purpley uh, logo. Um, and yeah, trying for th what's Thursday night, which is probably UK. Uh, Thurs Thursday morning. This Thursday morning, UK. 
Yeah, I'll, we'll link it in the description on the podcast. So if you're watching this on the podcast, we'll link it. And obviously, if you're watching this on TikTok, then go check it out. Um, there's some chat going on here in the chat, which is interesting. Caroline and Arthritic are saying you boys definitely need to get an event sorted out down southeast, which of course those guys are down in Berkshire area and Kent. So we definitely need to do that. And Arthritic is saying, I know a DJ in that area. So yes, I think it's it goes without saying you'd be on the lineup there, bro, when we do that. Big up to Levi. Hope you're good, man. See you rolling through. Someone in the chat has subscribed to our Patreon while we've been talking. So big up. Big up, big up, big up. Nice one. Big up. Nice one if that's you. Yeah. Do you guys want a sneak preview of the artists that are on the uh, the Frontiers VA? Yeah, boy. All right, you ready? We have got 12-step audio, top of the list. Oi, oi. Oi. Don't forget this this album that we're releasing. I should talk about it to be fair. So this album we're releasing is in aid of the Ukrainian Red Cross. Um, we plan to do every year, every November, we plan to do a charity compilation. The first one, so volume one of Frontiers, is going to be out mid-November. Don't know what the track order is yet, but the artists are 12 Step Audio, Light Dreams, who are Ukrainian, Serenity, Bigger, EMCD, Nechenka Zoriana, who's Ukrainian, Sneeze, who I believe is French, Elliotsky comes back with a lo-fi tune, which is cool. We've got Blippin, which I'm excited about. We've been playing Blippin's music on Liquid Chill all this year. We have Lilac, which I'm really excited about, um, producer from from Bristol who supported Kino Music earlier this year when I went to Kino Music event she absolutely smashed her set there we've got Anwius which everybody knows I love Anwius's music uh, we've got Campbell featuring Echomatics we've got Joe Oversight making his label debut and you boys know how much I've been wanting to get Oversight on the label Echomatics with a solo release Nymoz Haymack and Beat Mall Wow. Yes. JJ, who's in the chat. Big up, JJ. Big up, JJ. Wicked tune as well, man. Big up. We've got a track from Tilal. We've got a track from Hypernaut, Wits, UL, DSP coming through, fresh off CIA, Spearhead releases. Lux comes back with a banger. Kraken comes back again. Hopefully, Jinbu. And then there are one, two, three, four, five, six, who I dare not say in case it doesn't work out. But trust me, if any of these six work out, you lot aren't going to believe it. You won't believe it. So there you go. Yeah, that one will be coming out soon. And all proceeds from that are going to go to the Ukrainian Red Cross. It's a, it's, it's really, it's a really nice um, line of that to see um, quite a lot of the artists that we've had over the year um, like come back um, alongside some 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 new uh, some new faces, some new producers as well, um, and it'll be that that will kind of be a really nice end to the year. I think that. Really it like. will, yeah. So we're taking October off. We're not going to do a release in October. We're going to focus all our efforts mm-hmm. on this um, charity project. We're going to get some promo streams done, I think. Going to get a couple of DJs to do try and film some outdoor stuff and set, try and get some of them picked up by. Um, some other channels and see if we can get some publicity for this thing let's just put a pin in that for a second segue we need to come back to talking about outdoor streaming um but yeah it's a bit it's a, it's a big plan you've um you've certainly been playing around <laughs> i i'm with you with outdoors i'm i'm definitely it's the way to go, bro. You. Mm. have you noticed that every decent set it's always Monroe. Monroe is on every yeah. single one of these. Like he must have a thing where he's like, "I'm going to do this. This is my thing." There, there was that one post you put up, and it was like um, <laughs> expectation versus reality. And I was like, "What?" Expectation. That's so uh, yeah. true. 
<laughs> so for those that don't know, I went out to the woods last Friday night to try and do a, a live stream. And it, like in my head, right, it was coming towards sunset and the woods look nice at the moment. They're just starting to turn to autumn colours. Uh, and I was like, right, I'll get out there and I'll do a little live stream. So obviously this happened when I didn't have any plan to do it and I hadn't charged any of my equipment. So I was quickly frantically trying to do this. Anyway, whatever, by the time I get out there, it's like already gone dusk and it's nearly dark. And then I plug everything in and I'm like, shit, where's the power cable for the decks? <laughs> I've got no power cable for the decks. So I drive back in the car, get the power cable. Anyway, long story short, by the time I actually started, it was pitch black. So I'm out there in the woods with a ring light and I'm just instantly surrounded by every six and eight legged creature that lives in that woods. <laughs> my wife, my wife will tell you how much I fucking hate spiders. So it was wild but yeah it was good fun but it was wild but we need to move on from live streams and do some proper heavy outdoor recorded stuff and we need to make that happen asap i i'm very much behind you on that i don't want to give too much away because nothing's confirmed but this is a road that i'm walking down um to try and produce some some high quality video content you know get hopefully a proper videographer you know lined up to produce some stuff because i love you know those youtube videos like maybe one to two hours long um and i also look at the analytics about around the mixes that i put on and my one of my most popular mixes is um is the Zanti on a boat? You know, I yeah, push play. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just it's like it keeps the 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 vibe pretty low the whole time. I wasn't going to be smashing bangers on the boat, but I think people enjoy those longer form, you know, journey mix. Put it on while you're working, um, and so yeah, the way I see it is beautiful scenery, beautiful music. You know, that's what we're uh -huh. going for. Um, so 100% behind you on outdoor lives. So Ben, why don't I? Why don't we challenge each other then? Let's set a race to this, uh, just to, right. just to give each other motivation to do it. Because I'm also pursuing something over this side. Those those of you guys in the chat that know the area well, I we've been in discussions today about going up to the roaches. Uh, we've got half of the equipment we need. We've got the videographer sorted. We've got the drone sorted. Uh, the only thing missing. Like we could do it with my decks, but we it would be good to get a brand, a partner on board, like a you know, like a gear shop on board and head up there with like some proper three thousands and whatever. So that's that's the next hurdle I'm gonna try and walk over, but um I'll race you to a to a two hour highly produced YouTube video. <laughs> I love how you put this challenge out here, and yet you are ninety-five percent of the way to complete. <laughs> knowing Paul well, it's a little, got a little bit of a bad start, uh, <laughs> uh, it's all, But the thing is, here's here's where here's where environment matters. Summer is over here. You are about to go into summer, so I've got an environmental challenge to overcome. Yeah. So we'll see how that affects it. There's no prizes on the line here. There's no pride either on the line. It's just to motivate each other to keep on the road. Now, count count me in. Let's do it. Let's uh, let's race to the outside. So I, I don't want, like I, I don't want to give too much away, but um, a little bit of a tease for, for everyone listening is um, you know chatting to someone um, in in the know, and when they start dropping things like oh you know uh, we've done stuff with uh, camo and crooked and you think. <laughs> That's okay. That's goals, you know, um, and Mont Montel as well. So, okay, yeah, we, we'll think big then. So, um, you know, uh, see how we get on. Um, just on the outdoor side of things, we have got a little something, uh, something, something that we filmed um, quite a bit earlier in the year now. 
um, oh, that will be yeah. dropping towards the end of the year. Um, that is um, just going to be a, a kind of a really nice reflection um, on a, a big moment for for, um, for Interstellar this year. Um, so we thought it was kind of appropriate to, to drop it towards the end of the year. As, uh, as you know, you get into that reflective um, reflective zone at the end of the year as you head towards Christmas and New Year and that kind of thing. So um, keep your eyes out for that. We'll be, we, we don't know exactly when that's going to be going up yet, but um, that's that's wicked. That was something that was great to be involved in, and I can't wait to share it with uh, with you lot as well. Yeah. That, that was another one of those things that is just typical me, just like, right, there's an idea... Right, what what do we how can we make this happen? No matter how shit it is, how can we make it happen? Like what did we what, what did we do for a table for that for that Ben? What did we do for a table to, to put the decks on Tom? It was like a um it was like one of the like luggage luggage stands or something, wasn't it? <laughs> something like With that. With two suitcases can... stacked on yeah, top. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. A bed man, sheet yeah. wrapped around it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, you never know looking at it. Hey, man. it worked. It was. Yeah, man. It was. Um, it was. And a DGJ two hundred as well. Man, do you know what? Who says nice you need high quality care. gear? I suppose. Nice little bit. Yeah. Nice little bit. Okay, I yeah, it worked out, right, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So took that in my hand luggage. No check-in baggage needed. John says uh, Citronic belt drives were my first set of decks. Um, it's. In, I, I bring that up because me, me and uh, me and me and Cell had a conversation today, kind of around um, when we first started DJing. Um, and the the mixture of equipment that, that, that you got back in the day, because I'm kind of like, I'm one of these DJs, I'll play on anything, you know? Um, but we, we were kind of discussing today, and I think I thought it was an interesting point, how when we first started learning and, and, and all that kind of thing, there wasn't like, you know, the, the standard of Pioneer or Denon, you know, it was it was kind of there was such a mix of different um, different brands back then. So you kind of were forced to, like you said, I think, so you'd, you'd turn up at your mate's house and say, like, oh, all right, he's, he's got a new Mark 10 tables, Gemini mixer, yeah, you know, and you just crack on, you know what I mean? There's none of this kind of like standard that there is these days we were talking about like why why is it that people these days who get into djing are like so brand um brand tied and like that's kind of where it comes from isn't it like everybody that gets into it these days has pretty much only used pioneer um so they have this like instant brand alliance whether that comes from like know, knowing the product knowing their way around it feeling comfortable on it or it being you know sort of um perceived as like a top tier brand or whatever but like when some of the some of the first older heads started, that wasn't a thing. You just fucking played on whatever was in front of you. So I think maybe the older generation don't have quite as much sort of brand specific loyalty because because our our entry point was like whatever I can touch, I'm going to spin on. Um, whereas now people are like, oh, that's different. Like I've never seen anything like that. Why is it different? I guess what I would say one thing on that point though. I guess there's a lot more to equipment these days, though, isn't there? I guess you know back in the day it's a, a set of turntables was a set of turntables man you know you put your vinyl on you put you put the needle down it had a start button and a stop button and that's it yeah there's a, there's a, there's almost like a especially with like things like record boxes around things like that there's there's an ecosystem around gear, gear these days and you kind of get tied into that um so yeah that that is a, 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 i think i think part of it um there's 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 there's, there's there is I suppose bigger differences, but um, it's all about how you adapt to it. I suppose, isn't it? Isn't it? And I think that that early experience for me has given me skills now to kind of be able to adapt more. I guess. Um, 
but then, God, the amount of curveballs I've been throwing. But I mean, I used um, I used an Alan Heath mixer for the first time in God about five years, um, a couple of months back, and I was like, I forgot they had like the split mid cue, and I'm like <laughs> uh, the mid EQs, and I'm like, yo, wait, wait a minute, why do I keep? <laughs> Where's my bass? <laughs> yeah, there's like four uh, in it. Yeah, it's really annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, just them like you do every one once in a while, you get hit with that little curveball, but and you're like, damn, but. Um, yeah, by and large, man, I think um, I think you, you kind of go one way or the other these days, don't you? Either a pioneer head or a denner nerd, I guess. You do get locked. You do get locked in. Like, I mean, to give you an example, uh, exporting a USB stick for CDJs, uh, pioneer CDJs. You know, you can only do from record box. So my flow for that one is I use Serato because uh, my controller is Serato. I have to use Lexicon to sync between the two. You know, it's a it's a hacky, you know, workaround just because you are getting locked into the ecosystem like you described. So Denon's approach to that is kind of interesting. Denon have taken the recognition that, like, okay, Pioneer are going to gatekeep the fact that we can't export to a, a record box USB. So what, what Denon have done is they've made it a, like a a, th- a 10 second three button click process to import your record box library into denon so basically that means that you just maintain your record box library you always maintain your record box library that's your sort of like source of truth and when you want to make a denon usb you just take the 10 clicks and then pull your denon usb from your record box stuff via the denon software so they made that journey as seamless and painless as possible so that you're not hit with the opposite where like the Serato journey is importing from record box to Serato is a pain in the ass so once you're in Serato you're stuck and then you have to have some hacky way of getting out so Denon have just made like the front door really really easy to get in uh, because they recognize that the back door is impossible yeah the um, interesting thing about it is and like this is a bit of a niche thing and it, it ties into my interest so for um, anyone that doesn't know in the chat, my my day job is uh, working IT security. So, um, you know, I, I hack stuff essentially as my job. And hacking stuff is a lot of reverse engineering work. And there's actually a good blog post um, written up by the Lexicon uh, creator who reverse engineered the Recordbox Six uh, like database format to get the syncing working. So I think historically it was something like a SQLite database. You know, it was easy. Uh, but then Pioneer decided to change it up. So um, it's it's interesting that essentially hacking is required to make these things talk to each other. Um, and so if you're if you're if you're a bit of an IT nerd like me, um, have a look at the blog post. It's it's pretty we'll, interesting. We'll link it down. Link it in the thing. I just want to shout shout Serenity out for a second. So we on the last episode of this, we did the producer challenge where we slung together the team's ringtone edits. And uh, we said that on the next episode, we were going to do the PS1 sample. And Serenity has sent through an entry for that that I have managed to not listen to yet. But I just want to apologize, Serenity, because we haven't done any work on it. So we're not doing that feature this time around. Um, next time? <laughs> That's uh, that's that's all us. That's all us already. Not uh, not you, man, Tori. <laughs> yeah, and it's sorry, bro. It's been mental. We've got some some more stuff on kind of events that are coming up. Um, so there's a there's a big. Um, I saw an interesting promo for this actually. Um, Souped up are back with their first event in a while. Obviously, Souped up uh, Serum's label. 
um they had a they had a sick promo for this it was um it was basically um a, a kind of a piss take on the a team um with playing you know kind of serum lean of mercy all that kind of thing um they've got a big event happening on the 27th of october um with the you know the usual crew expecting their serum ninja voltage uh trigger mercy all the crew um but what kind of interested me and this is in victor audio host in room two um and they've had a crazy journey in victor. that's wicked for them um, yeah, man, I, did, I remember them starting out. Um, I like, literally remember them first kind of coming onto the scene. Um, and the, the trajectory they've gone on, obviously, um, with the support from, from Hospital Records, um, they, they, they've really done some, um, sort of some, some great stuff. Um, so big up to Invicta. Um, and I think we was, uh, we was talking earlier before we started as well um, about overview music. And uh, what they're on at the moment, <laughs> they're on some shit at the minute, man. But, and the, their events are mad as well. Like, Peter Piper's just absolutely killing it. He's killing it. Big love to Peter and everything he's doing over at Overview. So good. So good. They've got a compilation called Zone coming at uh, their annual compilation Zone. I think it's volume three. And the tracks on there are just out of this world, man. They're so good. It comes out this Friday, I think, so... There's a lot of stuff I think that, you, that we, we kind of do as a label um, where we kind of look to other labels for, for influence uh, and almost kind of a guide, I guess. Um, I think Overview are definitely one of, one, of, one of those labels for us, man. You know, so. They've sort of set a tone and I see so many more labels kind of heading that direction. Um, like, you know, our sound is kind of heading that direction. I know that 170 Plus is probably heading that direction and... Um, see, see what's coming out on like DMBB records as well. Like, it's just so many people that are just heading to that more gritty sound. That kind of there's like a new weird in between in between liquid and minimal, right? And I'm fucking here for it, mate. Like it's yeah. where it's at. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I do get the impression there's there's that kind of um, there's there's more so than kind of kind of ever really. I think there's that hunger for for underground music and kind of that that deeper darker sound you know um so it's, it's great to see man and it's great to see labels like overview kind of leading pushing pushing that sound man um and i think it's something like like um kind of like you said um sellers as some of the discussions we've had as kind of the sound we want to push um for interstellar into uh i mean we're kind of we're kind of wrapped up for 2023 now but moving into 2024 um you know that's the thing of this game isn't it i guess you're always kind of looking you're always future planning um and where we kind of want to go in 2024 it's um yeah it's going to be interesting man it's going to be interesting so I plan to do like 10 releases in 2024. So if you think about what we're doing, right? So every year, December is going to be the kind of annual. So you can count that out. November is going to be the charity VA. So you can count it out. So that leaves 10 months to do releases. And like, so I've already got kind of sort of in varying different points of discussion, right? We've got um, six artists sort of signed on for, for next year. Uh, and like one, two, three, four of them are like, liquid like traditional liquid like what i'd call traditional liquid and amazing artists so then you kind of need to try and make sure that at least four of the other spots are, are that kind of minimal sound or that that deeper sound as well that grittier sound so um there's definitely more room for there i've got like one two two and a half in that space so i've got some room for a couple more um 
but yeah it's it's interesting to try and like manage the sound that way because it's weird like it's kind of weird you like choosing what colors to paint with right we like the darkness yes we do like the darkness that you know there's that sort of um uh that kind of history of drum and bass as well you know um because it is a genre of of music that has a lot of commercial elements um but when you start diving into the genre and realize people people are seeking that sound you know still they want that that heavy sound but they don't uh, just want that commercial sound so um see yeah, I, I i i i think it's kind of especially in the last um uh, well i guess um probably some of it's come from 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 tiktok to be honest um i think in especially in the last couple of years um the commercial side of drum and bass has gone pretty stratospheric you know i mean you look at um you just look at the charts now. You've got Bad Dance sitting in like the top 10. That's been a huge record. There's been a lot of huge drum and bass records commercially um, in, the, in the last couple of years. And I, I think it's always got its place. You know, it draws attention to the, to the genre. And I think with, with every time, I mean, you, you know, you go back um, and I think of the artists that kind of brought me into drum and bass, artists like Chase and Status, Pendulum, you know, your big acts, that kind of thing. Um, and they, they almost kind of pique the interest, I think. It brings you in. Um, and, the, and and then kind of as you get deeper in, you're encouraged to kind of scratch the surface a little bit more, dig that a little bit deeper and find the more kind of underground stuff. Um, so I, 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 I never kind of... I, I think there's a, there's a lot of kind of... I think a lot of the commercial stuff gets talked down and that kind of thing. And I, you know, I appreciate it's not everybody's cup of tea. Some of it's not my cup of tea, but it's definitely got its place, you know? You know, I'd never, I'd never take that away from those those big producers that are making those those big commercially successful records you know kind of power to them in a way um i just thought of something that's worth raising here so this is going to hold me to account a little bit so and it's a bit of maybe an overshare um but uh, something that i've been looking at is is doing vocals so i enjoy singing i have a history of singing um there's there's a lot of uh kind of coming out of my shell elements when it comes to singing it's very you got to bring yourself to it right you can't you can't shy away um so I've, I've met someone locally who's fantastic uh we've got another session lined up um in about a week um she's really into electronic music we spend half the time listening to music talking about music um it's not just about vocals it's about you know making music so i guess watch this space and um hold me accountable like you know hopefully you'll start hearing some vocals from me if you don't you know start adding me up because you know i want to see where the journey takes me just like everything you know i'll be all over you <laughs> i need them vocals for tunes one um to be fair i can, I can relate to that though um because i guess um I, I don't really talk about it too much but um my kind of uh, history of music um, was was kind of I used to uh, I used to make like hip hop music and um, I do a little bit of rapping here and there and stuff like that and that's kind of um, loosely kind of amalgamated into a little bit of MCing and stuff like that here and there um, but kind of recently I've got back into kind of writing um, which I hadn't done for a lot of years um, and I'm now kind of trying to I'm I guess I'm going for a period of the mail spending a lot of time in the studio. Um, experimenting with a lot of different sounds I'm, I'm making some kind of darker tunes and stuff these days 
Um, but one of the things that I'm trying to do now is incorporate um, that kind of hip hop MC element into um, into my tunes, into kind of liquid tunes and that kind of thing. Um, and there's been there's been some interesting results that you know I'm working on at the minute that, that I'm really kind of um, I really like, and I'm trying to approach it more like how I would have approached a, a hip hop record back in the day in terms of the structure of it. Um, so there's some interesting stuff to, to come on that front. But I think you, you're right, Ben. It's sometimes about um, taking on a new challenge and almost pushing yourself out of that that comfort zone um, and and doing something that you you, you kind of you, you've always kind of wanted to do, but you know maybe not found the the, the point uh, the, the correct point to kind of um, to to get there. I guess. Um, so yeah, fair play to you, man. And um, I can I can definitely relate to you on the kind of um, you know kind of trying out something new yeah i mean for me like the you know there's this um you know sort of mc side of um of drum and bass and like you know your your experience and background around like rapping and things and i just know for me personally that's that that isn't me like i i'm this relatively short (laughs) white man (laughs) i i think what i can hopefully bring to the vocal table is you know some some sort of some male vocal onto some lush tunes you know that's that's what i'm picturing for myself um because there are so many fantastic female vocalists especially in the liquid space um but not that many male i mean i'm sure there are but um yeah, no, you're right, actually. There's not a lot of kind of male-led vocal tunes out there, I guess. Um, so, yeah, mate, sign me up when you've, uh, when you, when you've got some... Uh, when you've got, like, a, a few samples, sign me up. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to work. <laughs> now, Ben, just to round out on that, man, I wish you all the, all, the, all the best and all the good luck in that because it's one of them things where, like... And maybe this is a bit stereotypical, but, like, as a guy, as a dad, um, you kind of, like, squash those... Uh, those sort of more gentle fantasies a little bit because you're sort of like committed to work and committed to your family committed to life or whatever and then when you when you pick up your hobbies like you know you you pick up some things that you you did before or you know you're good at or you know you can easily get into it but to pick up a hobby that you like really going to have to go and work at not because you need to grow the talent but because it is so difficult um and i know you got experience from singing from when you're younger and so on so you've got the talent to build on but it's going to take like work so to pick that up um and be willing to put the effort in like i take my hat off to you for that man because that's hard as a as a like an older guy or whatever so fair play man i know you're not that old but you know what i mean right <laughs> no but no big, big up and you um you're 100 percent right like that's the this this music journey in general is is me trying to do stuff that i that feels right for me like it's not about um you know getting paid paying the bills you know i've, I've had a, a career in it done the, the normal corporate sort of um sort of flow through there and you know being successful in that that side and that's cool like a, but this is a separate thing you know music is a separate thing and it's a creative uh endeavor and so because it's so creative you need to you know you need to feel it otherwise um you know otherwise it just gets derailed it's got to, it's got to come from an authentic place hasn't it i think um is is the the, the crux of it really i always kind of um I always try and remember to have a certain authenticity in my music, you know, um, and and pursue a sound that kind of I'm, you, you know, that the I, I always try and kind of pursue a sound that 
that I want to I want to push. You know, what I mean, it might not be you know the the popular sound or whatever this this that and the other, but it's got to come from a place of of authenticity and from a um, you know from something that that from a fire inside of you, from a passion inside of you. I, I think for it to for it to translate, I think. I'll tell you what, Hypernos just made an interesting point mm. in the chat as well about processing vocals. This is something I've been kind of doing recently. Um, it's so difficult. He's, he's absolutely right with your, with your own vocals. It's so difficult to pinpoint the sound that you want because you're so focused in on the fact that it's my own voice. It's really difficult to process your own vocals, actually. That's a, that's a really interesting point. It's a very, it's a very niche and boring mm. point for everybody else, probably. But, um, but yeah, I'm with, I'm with you on that hypnot idea. Any, any of us that have produced in any capacity have at one point or another been missing that particular vox or missing something specific and we've just gone, fucking hell, I've got a mic here. I'm just going to lay it in. And then it it's so hard to process it to what you what, what you imagined it was going to be in your head I, I almost like vocal processing is one of the things I struggle with massively because like, I think with a lot of things uh, you know a lot of elements and tunes like you know you kick your snare blah 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 there's, there's certain ways you can process them there's certain kind of guidelines I, I never said there's rules in music but vocals are just like anybody's you know it, it depends so much on how it was recorded the room like the, there is no set way to process vocals you know and it depends what sound you're looking for um vocals are a hundred percent probably the, the hardest element of a track and it's so difficult with certain vocals to get them to sit properly in the track as well um so yeah vocal vocal processing is um is always the one that's um i always kind of leave it to last as well because <laughs> i'm like right i need to just nail everything else before i before i spend like three hours doing this you know so yeah definitely and then then you've got to get it to sit right in the mix as well so once you get it sounding right on its own then you've got to get it to sit right in the mix and that's a flipping nightmare as well like so many tunes to get sent sent through and you're like Oh, is the vocal quite right? And like, depending on what system you listen to it on as well, it's it's uh, fair play to anybody that takes the time to try and get vocals right in a track, especially a liquid track because they're so prominent. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting to be fair. I found as I've kind of got further into the the mastering rabbit hole, um, it's actually helped me with mixes. To be fair, because I found it a lot easier mm. now when I'll when I'll um, when I'll kind of mix a tra- do a mix on the track. And then try and master it myself. Um, it really helps me to go. Ah, okay, I can see where the flaws are in the mix. Once you start throwing that extra shine and sparkle on it, any flaws you've got in your mix, any kind of imperfections, they just jump out at you. And the amount of times I'll kind of go back and go right, I'll go back to my mix. I know what I need to fix now. I know what frequency I need to cut, boost. You know, I need to know, know what I need to to drop. Because I always say a lot of the mix down process. I think a lot of it is just. If you can, once you've got the volume balance, you're 50% there. You know, I, I always think it's uh, balance is the most important part. Um, and yeah, that, that, that mastering journey that I've been on recently is, um, has, been, has been really, really good for that. Actually, really helped me in that, that regard. So some follow-up from the, from the last conversation we had, the last episode, we talked about um, was the, what was it, was the club scene dying? Is the club scene dying? And um, our sort of conclusion at the time, I think, was that because there are so many super clubs and because there are the sort of all-star lineups now, um, it makes it easy for the punter to get a good value, great show, and then harder for the smaller event to to provide um, a worthwhile offering. So the smaller events suffer, so the clubs suffer. Uh, Anyway, the the follow-up, the feedback I got from uh, Clarkie in particular 
Clark had some really good points where she said, uh, yes, well, that's true of the club scene. That's always been true of the club scene. Uh, clubs come and go, partly because of all the things we talked about, also partly because nine times out of ten they're run by fucking drug dealers and whatever. Um, but then also in the in the midst of that, in the midst of that landscape, he talks about how the festival scene has grown and grown and grown and grown and how that has been super effective for drum and bass um, because drum and bass has now become a mainstay part of every festival whereas before you would never see it at festivals like oh no we don't want that stabbing people music that druggy people music but now even like the teeny bopper pop festivals like sundown right like temps are closed sundown festival which is a fucking teeny bopper festival man um and so you know clarky's like conclusion point was dmb is in rude health which i think is fair on reflection you know dmb has benefited and probably is in a better state of health than it ever has been in spite of the the difficult economic situation that the clubs are in so um yeah i just wanted to bring that up because i had a valuable conversation with clarky about it yeah, that's the thing i think it's it's, it's it we were always very careful when we were discussing that to not kind of just like sound like a bunch of middle-aged guys just bashing the scene you know what i mean it's uh, um so yeah. yeah vinyl dinosaurs talking but, shit again yeah isn't it? yeah exactly exactly we always like we never want to come across as that i think so um that's a really valid point from um, from clarky as well especially clubs come and go completely completely right um brush is making the um a comment about um remote events um and remote being you know global so um like in-person events are great you know big sound systems you got people there but we do live in an interesting age of good internet connections and good cameras and so um what we're seeing on tiktok is some really interesting things like people taking production uh to the next level you know doing crazy things in their bedrooms um and um something i i was gonna um chat about is uh, not really music related, but um, there's a security conference um, here in New Zealand that was run by uh, my old boss, actually. And he's he's a bit of a showman, um, and he'll be the first to admit it. And every year he escalated in just craziness. Like you think an IT security conference is like, you know, just sitting in some, some room somewhere, it's boring, you know. He, he had like pyrotechnics he had an open like a heavy metal band like open the event it was it was a full show and i think um you know being able to add like really exciting elements to events and to music like of course like festivals have you know pyro and stuff like that but is there a way to you know make it a sort of a multi-locational you know thing I don't know if locational is a word. It just it just came out of my mouth. So, in um, in lockdown, a few places did like online events, right? So, hospital did a few of them. Uh, like one of them, they did a Minecraft server where everybody got onto a Minecraft server, and they had DJs basically live stream from wherever from their bedroom into this Minecraft server, and the Minecraft server was set up like a rave, like a nightclub. Um, and that's pretty dope. And then there were other ones like um, sort of Zoom Zoom dance is a big one that I think still goes. We just kind of join a Zoom room and there's DJs playing and you just party along on the Zoom, which is quite cool. But I don't know if I've ever seen like 
streamed to a club in that way that I think Brush is suggesting, like piped into a nightclub. So you're basically just hearing and watching on a screen, but hearing in the club system, you know, a DJ that's DJing in a club somewhere else, like simulcast or simulrave. Like, that's a sick idea. Yeah, it's like a, a hybrid sort of thing. Like a, mm. Yeah. It's a cool idea. I like that. Be well up for that. Let's talk for a second about running events uh, in the UK versus running events in certain parts of NZ. Um, maybe your experience at uh, the Powder Keg is unique in the way that they work with their events. Um, but my experience of trying to organize events in the UK is that there is so much demand for event space and so much competition from promoters to be able to get events, uh, spaces to have events, that clubs and venues can basically charge whatever the fuck they want to host and host a night. Uh, and there's never a discussion about uh, the, the venue contributing towards the costs of the event. There's never a discussion about the venue giving a, a slice of the, the bar take to the, uh, to the promoters or anything like that. You know, the promoters have to fund everything from the 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 decks to the sound system to the lighting obviously some venues have got all that built in some don't um then they have to pay whatever the the higher fee could be and that could be anything from 500 quid to five grand or more um and then they're sold they're totally reliant on ticket sales to recover that cost so uh, you know let's say they've got a couple of grand on venue hire uh grand and a half on equipment hire and then you want to build like a a reasonable lineup that includes a couple of headliners you're probably talking somewhere between two and five grand for um for a lineup so you're sort of in like eight to ten k for a, a premiere event at that point right and you've got to make that back from ticket sales and it's just full risk it's all on you and if it doesn't if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out but meanwhile the venue has taken their higher their, their venue rate no risk and they've taken whatever's come through the bar uh, you know, and they can just let staff go if uh, if it quietens down or whatever. So, the venues are taking on basically no risk at this point because there's so demand, and the the promoters are having to pay maybe extortionate's too strong a word, but they're having to pay top dollar to get a chance to get in the door. They've got to outcompete other promoters to get in the door, and they're taking on all the risk as well. So, um, it's a very hard landscape to try and build a promotion around at the moment, especially in. Uh, sort of the areas where there are DMB friendly venues, let's say. So, oh yeah, man. I mean, you look at um, you look at Bristol as, as you know the first first example. There, the, the, that supply and demand thing. There was so much demand over over in Bristol. Like, I think trying to trying to get in there at the minute. I think unless unless you know someone, unless you partner with somebody who's already like established over there, you 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 piss in the wind. You know. Um, I think I think one of the the, the most um, kind of interesting things that I saw recently, and probably um, a, a, the type of transparency that you don't really usually see, was a post from Concrete Junglist. We probably all saw that um, talking about you know the events side of things, um, and they basically um, there was a video of an event that they did, and you know it was the typical kind of like packed out. You know, you're looking at it, you're like, yeah, that that looks like a successful event, and they're like, yeah, we lost six hundred quid on that event. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like. Wow, uh, I mean, obviously, Concrete Junglists—they um, made the point to say, "Look, we don't, we don't wholly rely on events. We've got the obviously the, the, the clothing brand, that kind of thing." Um, but the, their basic point around it, I think, was um, 
how how the industry deals with with local promoters and smaller shows. Um, I think you know the, the the bigger brands is locked off at the top of there and power to them, you know. But um, it's it's a struggle as a smaller promoter, um, as a local promoter, you know, in the in the UK, um, it, it, it's 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 definitely a struggle. It's definitely a struggle, especially you know when you're kind of dealing up with a, a limited budget and you don't want to put too much risk into um, into the night, you know, because you know none of us are, have kind of got endless money to burn kind of thing so um, yeah you're not sitting on a pot of cash right if any money that you risk on on a venture like this is money that you're sort of choosing to sacrifice from your sort of home life your family life or whatever so you know how much do you want to risk the money that potentially is supposed to be there to sort of clothe and feed your kids right it's, it's a difficult thing um but ben i know the powder keg's been a bit different and less like not necessarily going to specifics but it was just kind of eye-opening to see what their approach is where they're in a they're in an environment where they want to get people through the door there's less demand for events in their space so their approach is quite different right can you, can you sort of say anything about that yeah i mean for me like approaching events it's it's also new to me I, I honestly don't know which way around it is you know um and so um, I think because the keg is in Oakuni, it's a small town, but they want people coming through the door, right? They want to get some some alcohol sales. Um, so yeah, as you say, without going into specifics, but the the way that it works for them is they pay a bit of a fee for each DJ, as in they pay to put the DJs on, um, and then they they sort of take the risk. To be honest, like um, they pay all the staff. You don't worry about any of that. There's no bar bonding or anything like that. You just do your best to put on a good show bring through as many people as they can um they don't typically charge a door cover um you know maybe they would if they sort of wanted to limit people in if there was like a big festival on or something like that uh, they might they might start filtering people through but yeah really it's just it's a it's a better balance of you know you get to put on an event um yeah, you're not carrying so much risk um but you're there just to drive um some traffic through the door um, and get some bar sales, get some sales for uh, for the venue. So, um, you know, kind of blown away to, to find out that's, that's how it works. Um, and it's also, you know, takes a lot of stress off um, because you're not you're not putting thousands of dollars on the line, especially as a new event organizer. Um, and if that's not, you know, I know for me, that's not what I want to do, you know, full time or anything. It's just part of the ecosystem of being involved in the space is um occasionally you want to put events on you you know for your own experience playing or to you know promote the brand you know, the interstellar audio brand to get some sound you know some style of, of drum and bass out there in the local scene um and people are just not going to do it if it's too uh, there's too much risk uh, being taken so the what you just described uh, is probably you know, in the big in the big cities, um, Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch. I imagine that's that's how it is because um, there's a lot more demand there. And I think that's true here as well, right? People say if you if you can't get something, build something, and that's true here, right? So the the demand is concentrated around the cities, um, and like in theory, I could probably find somewhere here to put something on, and I wouldn't have to face the same level of risk. But the reality is, is people not people won't come here like there isn't a concentration of enough people here that like such niche music in this kind of like rural area that you'd get something successful um you know we will try a few things but uh the, the demand is concentrated into the cities and therefore the venues are concentrated into the cities and it kind of like self-fulfills it it kind of spirals around itself so 
is a bit challenging. Just to pick up on the point you made about the cover charge, Ben, I think I think that's um that's interesting. Um, I, the last event we did um, was was um, probably the most successful one we've done, I guess, um, and that I think was a big factor in it of of saying, look, free event. I mean. Um, Total transparency. We we got the venue for free. Um, the, the the kings, big ups kings, big ups Sarah kings, um, were good enough not to charge any venue higher. Um, but then we didn't make anything on the event either. Um, but I think having that look, it's a free event. That's kind of how we build it. It's like look, free event. What have you got to lose? Kind of thing. I think there's especially these days when people are watching the money more. That kind of thing. People don't want to go spend five ten quid or you know. Five ten dollars or whatever to um to 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 get into a night if they're if they if it's not a big pro- promotion kind of thing if you know what I mean if they don't know what they're getting um so I think these um these these kind of free events almost entice people in um it's more difficult to I guess to monetize um free events but then at the same time I think at this point um and what we're trying to do with with Interstellar we're, we're, we're kind of happy to take that and just say look it's, it's it's promotion for the brand I think promotion for the brand is probably more important to us um and just you know this it's fun isn't it you know doing a bit of uh doing a bit of what you love getting a bit of experience under the uh under the belt so it's always, uh, always a good last to play out and have like uh I mean the, in the last one we did we had um a lot of kind of um a lot of the IEF family come through have a have a link up so um it's always good fun it's always blessed man so um yeah. The challenge that brings it, like doing free events, is excellent because it gives us an opportunity to to get people through the door. If we if we're able to work with a venue that's willing to not charge us for venue hire, then we can do free events, um, and that that means that there's no risk really on anyone's part. And we manage to get people in, but it does mean that you can't bring um, like no names, let's say. So it kind of limits how far you can take the concept, and then as soon as you start to sort of charge door, then then you're stuck because those people don't come so you might have like a really successful free event where 200 people come and then you say oh, let's charge five quid for the next one and book a sort of four or five hundred pound act and then nobody nobody fucking comes but we just got to keep building keep going and keep trying i think we'll get there it's just a very competitive landscape totally and if uh, you know if all else fails we'll we'll just do an i event in every uh, city until we work out which one uh, is the best Across the world, yeah. starting in New Zealand. Yeah. Like, I, uh, well, Tom, yeah. <laughs> what's weird about this, right? Most most companies and most brands and most artists, when they get to an Oz New Zealand tour, that is the sign that they made it, because that is the hardest thing to fund. Is on the other side of the world, and when when you see that, it happens. We're doing our things a bit ass about face because um, Ben is going to hook us up with a New Zealand event before we've even really left our hometown which is wild um that segues into moon's question which was how do you coordinate working together in different time zones and is it an advantage um it's not an advantage it's difficult (laughs) we quite often send messages like i'll send messages during the day ben's asleep he picks them up during the day when i'm asleep so you know communication can take like two three days to get done something that you could have a 15 minute conversation about if you're both awake or what happens is what we're both you know one of us is up at one o'clock in the morning talking to the other one and vice versa right we both sort of take it in turns to do that so it can be challenging but it does have some advantages in the sense that we're able to build a bit of a network across the world and that was one of the things behind the ia brand like because of where i'm based and where tom's based and where we sort of dreamt this up we're not in a drum and bass city right we're not in bristol we're not in london we're not in manchester we're not in um so 
we sort of tried to we had a conversation recently we're like let's lean into that concept if we don't have a home city and we can't build up events around a core group of people that are in this area and like a following that's in this area let's lean into it rather than see it as a disadvantage how do we lean into it and so we've managed to build like a network of artists a network of djs and a network of supporters that are properly international you know just the, just in our first year we've had artists from france germany ukraine Canada, UK, New Zealand, like all release on the label. DJs that are from, you know, Hungary, UK, Scotland. Um, yeah, we're all over the place in terms of that that crew. And that has given us that ability to sort of shout about our project in lots of tiny little pockets in lots of different places. But it, it is helpful in that way. We've we've got really dedicated, really small fan bases all over the place rather than building like a centralized core. So trying to lean into that a bit. I think, yeah, when it comes to, especially when it comes to spreading the music, you know, um, I, and it's, it's one of those, I think it's probably like my favourite, um, my favourite phrase um, that, that you kind of introduced to me, so, um, uh, when the water rises, um, oh, I can't remember now. All the boats <laughs> rise. All the boats rise, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it's um, uh, when it comes to spreading the music, I mean, like, you know, the last kind of, um, a couple of weeks ago, I'm sitting there watching um, Shot You Down play, watching the Hungarian radio station, and like it's just um, things like that. When it comes to spreading the music around, um, I think it really helps us in in in, in that regard. Um, whereas if it was more concentrated and more local, um, we maybe wouldn't have that reach or perceived reach, I guess. Um, that we that we do. Um, so big up to uh, big up to all the international crew, you know. Yeah, for sure. And what's fun about it as well is like when um, you know you have those sort of like semi fanboy conversations with big names as you're sort of sliding into DMs or commenting on threads, and they're like, "Oh, I'm going on tour to this place," or "I'm going on tour to this place," and you know, being able to say something like, "Oh, keep an eye out for IA Family," you know, people 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 see the brand around and people know who we are we you know we shout about who we are and we're only starting out and we're little and we're, but we've got um big dreams and big hearts so i think it's good to shout about that but we had a nice message back from tali didn't we around she says something like you know she likes what we're doing with the with the label i think that's that's awesome to hear you know people you don't respect but heavyweights in the industry to to be able to identify what the label's doing what it's about what the sound is and go yep I like that. So when we um, when we was out in Andorra, we met um, we we first speak to uh, to Etherwood, and he's like, "Oh yeah, hey, I've heard a bit of stellar audio." Like he's probably just been polite, but you know, <laughs> you're like, "What? Hang on a minute." <laughs> I tapped him on the shoulder, and I was like, "Oh, hey, Woody, man, it's nice to meet you." And he went, "Oh, you're the guy from Interstellar Audio," and I was kind of speechless. I was like, "What? In what way does he mean that? Is it like?" you're the guy that's been sliding in my dms or i've <laughs> do you know what i mean like you never know but uh, he was super gracious at the same time and it was nice so that's cool Lightbringer's saying that there's absolutely no dmb scene in south africa which um sucks there's no other word for it that fucking sucks talk to your promoters Lightbringer. tell him to bring us out we don't charge big rates <laughs> we'll do it for flights and food man arthritic said what what first tune got you into dmb uh, for me, it's probably Morning Light, Concord Dawn. Banger. Absolute banger. Come back to that tune every couple of years, like, oh, I forgot about this tune and I forgot how good it is, but it's got that, it just brings the energy every time. I'm sure I've mentioned it before, but the uh, the history of New Zealand drum and bass uh, series 
done by Jay uh, prior to him passing away is very, very... If you're interested in just drum and bass history in general, uh, because New Zealand is a big part of uh, drum and bass globally, and there are some interesting stories there. Um, talk to uh, talk to uh, the two of Conkle Dawn, and they talk about that track. Um, and yeah, I, I highly, highly recommend listening to that series. Um, there's not that many episodes, um, but I think regardless of where you are in the world, you get something out of it. We'll link it in the show notes, obviously. Is Concord Dawn a Kiwi then? Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's two people, Ethan and. Sorry, we'll edit this bit out. <laughs> I've got I've got a really bad, like, long term memory ability. Um, Ethan. And... Oh, I'm terrible for this sort of shit as well. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a two. Um, but there's if you it's a duo. It's a duo, but New Zealand, um, eh? uh, but it did become a a single. Um, uh, later in their life uh, as they kind of split ways um, as, um, as these things happen you know in your career yeah comics has done the same like comics used to be three guys and now it's just one guy Calix and TB split up which which is a wound because they uh, they make some of the best tunes ever there's a few there's prototypes that recently didn't they as well oh, that was it's a little bit messy so was it prototypes or yeah it was prototypes Spectrosoul have gone as well. Mm-hmm. And obviously, um, no, no, Noisia. Oh, Noisia yeah. have gone. Noisia done, yeah. Yeah. With their with their forty five Euro five track USB, that's one way to end it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I saw really, I saw, I saw really interesting, um, like uh, un- impromptu, like really um, kind of intimate Noisia set. Um, it was at Leeds Festival, um, and they were playing, but they were playing like their slot basically intersected with Eminem, um, which is <laughs> not, it's just not the slot you want, is it? Um, so, like, they had about half an hour, and then he started, and the tent just emptied and emptied and emptied until, like, <laughs> I'm looking around, and I'm like, I wanted to see him as well, but I'm like, yo, how, how often do, do you get to see Noisy as well? So, I'm like, I'm going to hang on as long as I can. Um, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, there's about 40 people here at Leeds Festival. I was like, this is insane. But they're still just there, just absolutely smashing it. I'm like, what else do you do? You just got to like, you, you probably know it's going to happen. Um, but I was just like, God, even at, even at that level, you still have those gigs where, I mean, you know, obviously you're competing with Eminem, uh, but um, you still have those gigs where you're just like, oh, damn. <laughs> you know what I mean? My first uh, sort of big DMB tune, I think I might have said it before, but um, I switched. I was listening to a lot of Square Pusher and Aphex Twin, and then somebody played me Scar by Zinc and uh, played on a really like, like, you know, subs in the car type system. And uh, I was like, oh, I get it now, right? I get it now. Um, and then, yeah, never looked back from there. So big up on that one. What about you, Tom? Do you remember all those years ago? Yeah, it's Jungle Brothers, uh, True Blue. Well, it's, it's, it's uh, there's a bit of uh, I've heard it called um, the Aphrodite remix. Oh yeah, you mentioned um, this one before. Yeah, I've also heard it called the Urban Takeover remix. I think Urban Takeover is correct, but I think Urban Takeover is best Aphrodite anyway. Isn't Urban Takeover Mickey Finn and someone else? Now I'm showing my my memory issues. Might be Mickey Finn and Aphrodite. I think. Um, uh, is. So, yeah, I think that's kind of where the confusion comes from. I've seen it labelled as both, but I think Ebb and Takeover remix is the um, 
yeah, yeah, Mickey Finn. Um, so yeah, so um, that's Evan Takeover is the correct label for it, but I've seen it labeled as um, as all sorts to be honest. But check it out, banging remix. Um, and yeah, that that first got me into uh, into DMB. Yeah. Yeah, nice one. All about the show notes. I was literally just looking at last month's show notes to see if there's anything in there that we needed to circle back around on. I think that's pretty nice. Um, I think that's pretty nice endpoints. Yeah, but big up to the uh, TikTok crew. Uh, it's been awesome having this chat in front of me to read. Definitely do this again. Big up to Zanti for organising this one. Yeah, he smashed it, man. Smashed it. Yeah, thanks for thanks for bearing with me through the technical uh, difficulties we got there in the end, though. It wouldn't be an interstellar audio stream if it wasn't started by 25 minutes of struggle porn. So, it's all good. It's all good. Um, just to round out, so what we got coming out? We've got Liquid Chill coming out at the end of the month. Yep. That's probably already out if you're watching this. Uh, check that out. Yeah. We've got Interstellar 17 with Senchai. We have Vibes podcast, the Foundation podcast, episode five, either in the works or on the way or out, depending on when this gets published. Um, Subrix, Be Mine and Not Just Nothing, September 28th, Bandcamp, Spotify, everywhere else. And um, yeah, after that, we'll be hopefully back in October with another episode of the IA podcast. And then all steam ahead for the Frontiers VA in November. It's been emotional. Thank you very much, Ben. Thank you very much, Tom. Thank you to all the crew in the chat. Big up, you guys. Massive love to everybody. Cheers, guys. See you later. Big up.